Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Equipped to Be Show with Connie Albers. Equipped to Be is a podcast dedicated to helping you discover and develop your unique strengths, gifts, and talents so you can apply them to all areas of life. So let's get ready to dive into how you are equipped to be. Hello, hello, and welcome to the third episode of Equipped to Be with your host, Connie Albers. I have a really special guest in the studio today. Actually, she's she's sitting in my studio. I'm super excited. It is Sherry Selickson. She is a longtime friend of mine. She's also a fellow homeschool mother, and she's a marine biologist. And I can't wait to unpack her story with you, because at Equipped to Be, part of what we do is help you understand how we are uniquely gifted with strengths and talents, and then how to develop those. Because once you know what you are able to do, like what has God gifted you to do, then guess what? You're able to pursue those with confidence and joy. Because as we have talked about before, you know, God has equipped you to be strong. He's equipped you to be brave, and he's a equipped you with confidence. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about um, Sherry Selickson, marine biologist, speaker, author, uh, amazing woman. And at this, uh, so please welcome Sherry to the podcast today. Hey, Sherry, how are you? I'm great. It's so exciting to be here with you, Connie. Well, I'm excited to be here and I'm glad that you're here with me. Sherry, tell me a little bit, you know, tell our audience a little about you. I, I know you really well, so I'll be able to fact check you. But tell us a little bit about you, your family, and, and, and kind of like what you do. Well, um, that could take a while, but I'll give you the nutshell because you know as well. But for the audience, um, I worked as a marine biologist at Walt Disney World's Epcot Center uh, before we had children, my husband and myself, and um, published research, scientific research there, and really had an, it was an amazing opportunity to um, be with the animals and work with the animals. And then I was promoted to motherhood. I uh, became pregnant and de- uh, decided that my husband and I wanted uh, me to be home with my children. I really, really wanted to be home with my child, my future children. And so I left that career to be home and a homemaker. Um, we had eventually four children. We homeschooled our kids K through 12. And now they're adults um, living out on their own and doing their own things. And through the process, um, God opened up opportunities for me to do uh, many things uh, along the way. So we began um, uh, homeschooling our children. I taught science classes. We'll get more into that probably in a little bit, uh, in a little bit more. But uh, opened up opportunities for me to write some curriculum and. Um, speak to uh, homeschoolers, um, mom encouragement type conferences and things like that. So that's in a nutshell um, what I have done over the the years. And um, it's just really exciting to see at this vantage point with this perspective back God's hand in all of those uh, changes and that direction. You know, what's really fun for me, Sherry, is, uh, you know, fun fact for listeners out there, Sherry and I used to work at uh, Walt Disney World at the same time, if you can believe it. And we didn't know each other, you know, imagine that there's only thousands of people who work there. But I, uh, w- the work that I did, I helped open Epcot Center. 
And so I would take all these tours and VIPs to to see the all the animals in the living seas, which is where Sherry worked. And we've laughed about it over the years because Sherry was one of the divers who did research and, you know, swam with the dolphins. I like to say she played with dolphins and she swam amongst sharks. But it, we've laughed lately. Be, uh, we've laughed over the years because really what Sherry did, uh, I would be sitting there ooing and aahing and so would uh, my my folks and Sherry would be waving in her wetsuit and her snorkel gear. So it's, it's kind of funny. Right. We probably didn't even, we didn't even know each other, but <laughs> we, we probably passed yeah, way back then. That's right. Uh, there's something that happened that I want my listeners to know about Sherry. And it's something when I read in her bio many, many years ago, I hadn't really thought of it uh, the way she had articulated. She's very good with words. But Sherry, you know, here you were really at the ascent of your career. You were you were living the dream. You were doing what you, you love to do in an amazing, the happiest place on earth, right? Walt <laughs> Disney World. And here you were doing your thing and something happened along the way that caused you to pivot. And, and I would really love for you to tell our listeners, you know, what that was and how that impacted your life. Not what you did beyond that, but just kind of like that, that monumental decision. Right. We, um, it was really, um, one of the most exciting jobs. It granted, not every job, this wasn't completely glamorous, but I was publishing shark research. I was working with animals collecting. They would pay us to go to an Island that Disney owned and, um, fish and dive and collect animals for the aquarium. Um, it was just a really fun opportunity. I was getting ready to make a presentation on my research at a convention in San Francisco. And, um, I became pregnant. Um, I was given a promotion by God to um, join the high calling of motherhood. And I felt that that's what God was calling me to do. And so much to the surprise of my coworkers, I left that um, career. And um, I've, I'd like to call that um, not a plan B because it's God's plan A for me. Um, too many times I hear moms talk about what they sacrificed in their career for their children. And I, I really have a, uh, it just hurts me to hear the word sacrifice because um, we have a, a direction in our lives that God is giving us. He opens the doors, he closes the doors, he changes the directions, but it's his plan A. It's not necessarily what we expect, but it's what he has for us. And that's the best direction we can take. So um, God's plan A was for me to uh, be home with my child and and future kids. And, and through that, he worked some amazing things that I can look back on and see what his direction was as he built the skills in me to do what he has for me today. You know, sometimes people have said to me, Connie, how did you ever do what you, you did when you stepped out of your career, my dream job here, I'm traveling the country and I'm a spokesperson and I have a baby that night and I don't go back to work the next day. Now, uh, I'm not saying that that's the only way, but I was often told that my brain would go to mush if I was if I didn't stay in my my career path, or I was told that you know I'll never I, you know I'll just never be able to re-enter the marketplace. Uh, you know I'm going to have to go back in, and if I'm not saying anything against this, but you know I'd have to start back at Burger King and work my way back up again, and that's just not true, is it? Um, I look at your life, Sherry, and. I want you to talk about how that decision to step out, uh, God saying, just step out for now, because as I write your story, I'm going to be bringing opportunities before you. 
And I want you just to be faithful. So your faithfulness to say, I'm stepping out of this so that I can fully embrace and pursue the high calling of motherhood, which by the way, I love that term, the high calling of motherhood. Mm. You know, you said it before, we've, we've, we've made motherhood into like a, a, a bad word. You know, it's, we're not really living up to our full potential. And you and I both know, and listeners, I hope you know that is not the truth. That is not true either. But I just want people to see, because I want them to see this part of your story. It's not often talked about. It's not that we have our children and we put things on hold so that we can, you know, one day pick back up on, you know, what we really love doing, but that God does not have second best when we say yes to what he's asking us to do, right? Yeah, that's right. So go with your, you know, pick up with that whole like dissection thing, you know, you're, yeah. you're humming along and I want you to tell our listeners about that story and then what led to, you know, where you are now. Right. And it, it is because I have the, the blessing of looking back, I can see what God was doing um, in building skills in me that he could not have built in another way. So there are moms who work full time and that's absolutely fine. But I felt for me, God was calling me to come home. And in that process, he also called me to do something which I thought was really crazy at the time to homeschool my children. So I began homeschooling my children. And um, this was during the time actually when we were having our babies, Connie and I met at this point. And um, Connie was leading a homeschool group and it was time to do some science stuff. And she asked me to come and die and do a dissection with the group of students. And so I was happy to do that because I love that stuff. I love talking about science and I had dissected several sharks. Most of them were, you know, we something washed up on shore. We would dissect it, find out why I died. And I have to say, the reason I asked her is she knew what she was doing and I didn't. <laughs> so we had fun. We did that. And then that point that kind of put me on the radar as, as in the homeschool arena, if you're, um, pegged as a scientist or someone who likes science. Everybody wants you to, oh, good, I don't have to teach my kids science. You can teach my children. And so, which I absolutely loved. And so I began opening up um, kind of informal homeschool uh, science classes at our home. Once a week, a bunch of kids would come over and along with my kids, we would do science and experiments. And um, I just loved talking about that, seeing God's creative hand in his, in his creation and all aspects of science. And then um, one day I, w- one, uh, I was at a homeschool convention buying the next year's worth of curriculum. I found a curriculum publisher I absolutely loved and was using their curriculum. And um, and so I knew the ins and outs of this curriculum because I'd used it so many years. I was buying the next one, started talking with the publisher, and he said, we found out I was a marine biologist. And he said, well, we're looking for somebody to write a marine biology curriculum. Would you be interested? And so, of course, never having written a, a formal curriculum, I was, I was a little antis- unsure about it, but I went ahead and walked through the process of that. And now I have written several different curricula for science and do instructional videos. And I look back and I see how God built, even, um, I've said this before, even even in my ability to write, I learned grammar <laughs> K through 12, four complete times besides my own run as a student. So as because I had to teach my children, I have four kids, I got to do grammar K through 12 again. And I so must not have been paying attention when I was teaching mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know, it really improved my writing skills. So not knowing that one day that was going to be one of the primary things I was doing. And so that's, I'm doing a lot of writing now. And I love it. And it's just filled the it fits the skills that God has built in me and it it fits the things I love to do so Sherry you know when that opportunity came your way you know from shark dissection to being asked to write a marine biology book that was what three inches thick (laughs) I remember when you were writing that book you needed guinea pigs you know beta readers 
And I, I, you know, my children have to be, happen to be at that age. And you so graciously asked my kids who were very much familiar with that curriculum. We had used the same science curriculum. If I, if they would read it for, I think it was tone or readability or something. And I was just happy as a clam because at that point you were writing the curriculum and not the tests. So, (laughs) you know, I was like, this is great. My kids thought it was great. You're writing, you said yes to something that you weren't formally trained as an author, as a book writer, or as a, you know, a science book writer. You weren't trained for that. But, but when God said, do it, you said, I said, yes, yes, that's right. And then what did he do? He did it. He did. That's right. And it is only because of him, but I see the path that I went on to get to that point, And I realized that God knew what he was doing. You know, we we look, and, and even if that was not what he had for me, even if he had me doing something else or just having informal Bible studies in my home or or teaching crafts to elementary kids or whatever it was he had for me to do in my home, um, it would be the ideal for me if that was what he had for me. And I think that too many times as moms, you know this, you hear moms talk to you about this a lot, how... Um, they just feel like they're doing, they're just a mom. It doesn't seem very glamorous. It's very looked down upon in our society. And honestly, of all the things I've accomplished and done and experienced in my life so far, and I've had quite a long life, I'm, I'm, you know, no spring chicken. Um, I am. Uh, she's, she's just my older friend. <laughs> Wait a minute. I think you're older than me by six months. But anyway, <laughs> um, we're the same age. <laughs> um, that is the best thing I have ever done in my life. The 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 joy, the the up emotional ups and downs, the struggles, the hardships. Being a mother, pouring into my children, um, has been and and a wife and and pouring into my husband and and walking alongside um, has been the greatest joy. I would I would I, I would want to do nothing but. Um, be, and God knew that that would be the fulfilling for me. And I think that we need to realize that there is a great fulfillment and joy in that slow day to day, you know, making cookies, cleaning the kitchen, doing laundry reading a book with your children. That's the joy. That's the rich. And we can't rush that, can we? No, it is I mean, time. I'd love to fast forward some of those seasons of raising children. And let's transition into to children. You have four children. They're all adults now. And they're very different. So in, at equip to be I also, you know, teach parents, like, how do you love each child that you have? Because your children are not my children. They are very different. Um, personality-wise, temperament-wise, uh, what you say to one child is going to be heard differently than what you say to another child in the same family. So how? let's talk about your family and about how, how you actually equip them. And then how did you learn to uh, pivot and change as your child started to grow and change? I'm still doing that, <laughs> even though they're adults. It is a, it is a work in progress. Wait a minute. You're not one of these like, no, we're doing it this way and that's it. <laughs> well, I want to. <laughs> but, you know, it, anybody who has more than one child knows instantly that they're each unique. Same, you know, it could be the same parents, could be the same environment, could be the same hospital they were born in. Um, they're, they're uniquely designed by God with different strengths, different abilities, different ways they're wired, different ways they think. And so as we work with them, as they get older, as we start training, them. We learned that some things work for some kids, some things work for others. And I had to learn flexibility. I had to let go of my um, expectations for my children 
in, in at least the ways that I um, wanted it to turn out. Of course, I wanted them all to be extremely obedient and never talk back and never ask questions and stop saying why 100,000 times. <laughs> and, um, but that was not the way they were wired, a lot of them. And so um, I had to learn them. I had to make a study of them, not just um, academically, but in their heart. And both ways. It, it, it helped me parent them better. Um, and we would find out what made them tick. We would speak into their into their lives. So um, just using an academic example, we have one child who he's um, a biomechanical engineer. He's in medical school right now. Just just super, super love sciencey stuff. Imagine that. Um, and as he, w- he was our Lego builder, he would construct things out of sugar cubes if you let him. And so we began to see that and we would speak and we say, you know, engineers do this. This is something you could do. Let's talk about what engineers can do and just giving them a vision for what they can do. If they're super personal, personable and love people, we would say that to them. You know, you really shine when you're with kids or, or with other people your age or with older people to help them understand who they are and, and give them a vision for what they can do. And so that making it making a study of them and speaking into their lives, both academically and their heart, spiritually, so that they can have a vision for what God has for them. One of our kids, as you know, is a musician. And just as I think it's a sense of humor that God did that for me, because both <laughs> my husband and I are sciencey people, and we get this creative, not just outside the box, but outside the room kid who is a super musician. He is, works as a full-time musician now. And I remember praying many nights, Lord, please don't let don't my let future be on the street. grandchildren starve because <laughs> I just didn't know much about the field. And and we made it a point to learn about music. We, we would ask him, you know, if you've got a kid who's super into video games and you just don't get it, ask them, what is it about this game that makes you interested in it? It could be the the storyline. It could be that they like the, the strategic you know, solving the problems. But we asked him about music. What do you like about this? Why do you like this kind of music? And it was, it was interesting. We, we made it a study to, because we loved him. We wanted to learn why he loved that for his good. And we came alongside of him. We fostered that love. And as we saw that it was truly a love and truly a skill set that God had given him, we began pouring into that as well by providing him with instruments and lessons. And he took the AP music theory test. He got a five on it. Can you believe? I mean, Woo! this kid was was wired for this. And so it would have been wrong for me to say, no, God, I don't want him to do this. Um, so we we looked to see how God made them and gave them their skills. And we came alongside of that and asked, Lord, how can we help foster this for your good, for your glory? So Yeah. I mean, we talk about, I write about this in the book, being a student of your child. And that's exactly what you were. You mm. were a student of him and you got to, you entered into his world where he was asking the Lord to give you insight and how you could build a relationship with him, even when you didn't speak the same language. That's right. I don't, because our goal is not, my, my goal was not to have four little Sherry's running around. At Although adults. that would have been good. Well, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> but I did see that there was a lot of science behind the music. And so that was the angle I came <laughs> in at. Of course. I just tell you, <laughs> listeners, here, I go to the farmer's market because I need vegetables to feed our family or at least to go bad in the refrigerator. And Jane and Sherry goes to the farmer's market and then she does videos on the molecular structure of an onion. Of course, I would never think of doing that. Um, but that just shows you the difference of how God has uniquely gifted us and wired us for his purposes, for his calling, because we all have a role to fill, a purpose to um, 
to take on in society and bringing glory to the Lord, loving our family, building relationships. And really, both of us are enjoying this season now of doing life with our adult children. Yes. Now, you have, what, two or three that aren't necessarily living right around you. We I only have remember. one living near us. Oh, the no. others are they're, they're within driving distance at this point, but some of them have been in different states over the years. Um, and so it's been, I don't, yeah, it's sad. Yeah, but here, thanks but to FaceTime and we, all yes. these other wonderful technological Absolutely. features, we can still stay connected with them. So you were faithful. You were faithful with what God called you to do that day, that minute, and then the next day, you, I mean, you'd go to bed at night thinking, oh, no, I shouldn't have talked to that child that way, or I should have said this, or, yes. oh, man, they're, they're really, they're not doing what I wish they, well, actually, I would have been saying, they're not doing what I want them to do. And then you get up the <laughs> next morning, and you have these great ideas, and this wonderful schedule, and then your feet hit the floor, and you realize, well, that's not going to work today. That's right. It's And it's... It is the it is the hard long process. You know, we were talking chatting earlier before we started recording about the montage and I talk about we live in the montage, the montage in a movie where the the ramshackle team gets together and they um they have to, you know, surmount this amazing thing to win the the final vision game and so they start training. And that part portion of the movie is done in about a minute where some exciting music is playing and you're seeing clips of them working hard, but you only see a minute of it. And then all of a sudden the the montage is over and they win the game. We're in the montage as moms. It is a long marathon. It is ups, it is downs, it is sweat, it is vomit. I mean, really, let's be Ew, serious. I know. It's, puke it's, on the walls. It's I'm everything. sorry, listeners, so but it does happen. Hopefully you're not eating right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it is. It's it's life. It's hard. But it, that's anything worthwhile is is going to be hard work. And it is the worth most worthwhile thing that we can do. It is the most rewarding to be able to pour into the hearts and the minds of our children and see uh, God raise them up and pray for them, and walk those long roads. So it's not easy, but it is so valuable, so yeah. exciting. So yeah. some people would say, well, if it's not easy, I don't want to try. And and I think Sherry and I would both be saying, oh, if you don't, you're missing the greatest thing that you could ever do, because right. building a family is really your life's greatest work. That's right. We can accomplish great things. We could have major accolades, huge bank accounts, big old gorgeous homes. But you know, if we don't have our family to walk through life with us and we're miserable. What have we really accomplished? And I, I think that's part of both of our testimonies is we knew where we wanted to get in this season of life. Was it a straight line? No, it was full of zigs and zags. And, and Sherry will probably tell you she's seen me cry some pretty ugly tears because, you know, some of my kids hurt my feelings sometimes or life just plain out just got hard. And but we're doing life together, which, so as we wrap this segment up, I, I want to end on something that I, I know I'm asked about all the time, because I post all these pictures on social media about my posse, my people, and and I'm talking about my friends, the friends that I have done life with for almost 30 years. I, I can't remember if we're like 32 or 33 years. I don't remember. We're past 30 years. We're past 30 years. And I, I want to talk about friendships. Uh, I I hear from women across the country, and I believe you do too, they're starved for relationships. You know, here is the truth. And if you're listening, jot this down on your phone or scribble it on a post-it note or something. But apart from food and water, we all want to be heard and affirmed. Yeah, that's... Your kids, your husband, same for you and I. We want to be heard and affirmed. And a lot of that comes through our friendships. And so many women I know, they're starved 
you know, their picture is empty. They, they don't have anybody affirming them. They don't have anybody listening to them. Let's talk about our friendship. How, how in your mind, how have, have we survived over 30 years of friendship and trials and joys and celebration? You know, it's interesting that, that this, is, this is the perfect segue into this from what we've been talking about because we talk about relationships with our kids and our, and our husbands. And um, we have been designed for community. We have been designed for others. That's where we actually get filled, not from attaining specific goals. And as moms, we, we come alongside each other and at, and that face-to-face time, that, that, uh, the um, ability to be transparent with one another in a safe location, knowing that when I pour out my heart to Connie, that she's not going to judge me. She's going to, you know, be happy when I'm happy and cry with me when I'm sad and, and my cheerleader when I'm, I'm excited about something. And it's not a competition. And I think that's the biggest thing we need to get over with, uh, over as um, as moms, because we'll walk into someone's house and we'll see how clean it is. And the first thing we think of, I mean, let me know if you if you think this is right or not, but we see a clean house. We walk in, we think my house isn't this clean. Wow, this person's got it together. You know, I instantly start comparing it or, oh, my house is cleaner than hers. I'm doing better. I mean, it, we, we start, do that on social media, right? We do. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, social media has has great great opportunities, great, provides us great things, but we need to have individuals that we can be transparent with, that we are rooting for. And I think that, you know, if you and I, you and I are in similar um, experiences and, and a similar season in our life right now, our kids are grown, we're doing, you know, we, we speak, we encourage. Um, but if we were doing exactly the same thing, which we're not doing exactly the same thing, but if we're doing exactly the same thing, we still should be encouraging each other, which I hope think we would, um, and and for one another rather than it being a competition because God has a unique plan for Connie and what Connie is doing and who she's speaking with and her story is going to touch so many hearts that my story would not. And, and so um, we can't look at another mom and say, well, this one's got it better than I do or this one's doing better or worse or uh, we need to say, I am for you because I know God is for you. And I want to support you in however that I, I can. And that mentality of encouragement, of giving, of pouring out will only benefit us individually. So when I pour out to you, it encourages me. And I know when you pour out to me, which you do all the time, it encourages you. And that's where we as moms need to be clinging to one another. Yeah, and I agree with you, Sherry. I, I think it requires two things. One, a willingness on our part to be seen and vulnerable. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. I mean, if we always put that fake mask on that I do have it all together. As a matter of fact, right before we were recording this podcast, I had done, you know, I had made a blunder and Sherry started laughing. She wasn't laughing at me, but she was laughing and she says, oh, I'm so glad I'm not the only one who makes that mistake. I mean, we have to be transparent enough to say, hey, yeah, that's right. I don't have it all down. I'm not going to get it all perfect and I'm going to laugh at myself and hey, join me in the laughter. Here's something that I learned. If we can't learn to laugh at ourselves, the world will laugh at us. Mm. And, and we have to laugh at each other. So we, so in the friendship, I'm sorry, I digress, you guys. But we have to be vulnerable with mm-hmm. each other, which requires trust. Yes. I have to trust that even if you hurt my feelings or you say something or you do something, that the motive wasn't, to do that. The motive, that was an unintentional action of two people who, who are living life imperfectly. You know, we're just, we're sinners, right? 
So it requires that we're vulnerable. We allow ourselves to truly be seen, that we trust the other person, that they do have our back and they don't have a knife in the other hand, mm-hmm. which is a big issue we see in, uh, in, in, com- in some communities is, uh, like you said, we're not really rooting for each other. We've got an eye on where they are and how good they're doing. And maybe secretly they're hoping we don't get up that next rung because they want to get there. I will tell you with Sherry and I's relationship, uh, one of the things that has been so pivotal in our development of a friendship and, and the longevity of our friendship is I know that if I ask for prayer, Sherry's praying. Sherry knows the same. And I know if she's really contemplating, you know, what her next book deal or this next secret project she wants to work on, or maybe even a struggle she's having with one of her children, that she knows I'm not going to be sitting there saying, whew, I'm glad it's not me. Mm. That I know, but but by the grace of God, it, it could be me. And it is at any given moment in time. So as women, we need to be praying for friends that will go the distance with us. Now, I'm not saying everybody you meet is going to be that person. There are some people we meet, they're friends with us for, you know, a semester in school, right? That's right. Mm -hmm. Or maybe the, you know, basketball team or Mm -hmm. whatever, you know, your kids are involved in. You're only going to have a few that are going to do life with you. Now, let's just preface that by saying, Sherry, we have not seen each other every day, do we? No. In fact, many, now that our kids are grown, we it got harder. It, it got harder. <laughs> I thought it would get easier. It got harder. <laughs> and it didn't. Well, I um, I appreciate your candidness and your vulnerability. I appreciate the fact that you, you're a living example of how when you are obedient and you step out to do the next thing God's called you to do, that you fully can trust the Lord and you've lived it by example. God didn't does not have second best for you. You've gone on and you're writ- you've written all these books. Uh, she can't even tell you how many she's written. She's written that many. She <laughs> is she does a lot of video work. She is a student. She is a teacher at heart. She is the, the kindest person you'll ever want to know. But God God was working in and through all those situations in her life, day in and day out, by just being faithful and showing up. He's blessed us with this friendship because we were able and willing to say, you know, I'm not like you. I don't have to be like you, but I love you. And I accept you for who you are, knowing that next year, you know, from today, you're going to be a different person because life's going to beat at you. Uh, Trials and struggles are common to all of us. So be encouraged. You are equipped to be. You're equipped with strength. You're equipped with confidence. You're equipped to be a doer of God's word. And whatever season you are in, God will equip and show up and lead and guide you in in what he wants you to do next. You can have full confidence in that, I promise you. Sherry, we're going to close this up. Would you tell people how to find you online or where where are you going to be? Well, um, I do have a blog, uh, SherrySelligson.com. And I have, um, I'm, I'm on social media, so I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook. Sherry Seligson would be just you look up Sherry Selgson author for Facebook and it's at Sherry Selgson for all the others. Um, I love to connect with people. I love to talk about God's creation um, and um, seeing his fingerprints. So I'm out there. Love to chat. That's awesome. Thank you for being here for this episode. And uh, folks, thanks for tuning in. And I look forward to speaking with you next week. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member. And hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.